Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Welcome to another episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. I'm really excited today because I've got just a, a great guy on and somebody who's become a good friend. Uh, he's been a mentor to showing me how to get these podcasts up and running and, and been great to trade stories. I've got Dustin Von Warke on uh, Dustin'sProjects.com uh, and just a number of other hats that he wears in the outdoor industry. So welcome, Dustin. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Jason. And uh, so let's let's kind of get the background on Dustin for for the listeners because I really want people to know what you can and can't do. And you just got such a great background. You know, you're an author. Uh, you write outdoor articles. You've done great videography, blogging. You know, and not to mention you've got your podcast as, and webmaster stuff. So. You just got such a varied and fantastic background. You've been such a big help to me. I want people to to understand where you're coming from and about you. Sure, absolutely. Well, I, I do wear a lot of hats in the outdoor industry. But what I do full-time is work for Texas Fish and Game Magazine in an advertising role. So I'm constantly helping companies get their brand broadcast out to our big audience, which is nearly... A hundred thousand uh, magazine readers, and um, and then we have you know those that subscribe to the digital portion of the magazine, and those that are on website, uh, our website at fishgame.com. So there's always a lot going on there. On the side, I do websites. I've written three outdoor industry ebooks. Um, I write articles for Texas Fishing Game, and then I also do the hot spots, which is the fishing reports for uh, fishing guides that are around Texas, mainly in the freshwater lakes. For my part of it. And I'm constantly taking and uh, turning their fishing reports into, you know, into reports that go in the magazine and editing them. And and so I'm an editor in that regard. And then I have my own blog. Um, Jason can put that in the show notes at warnkeyoutdoors.com. I speak from time to time. And then I have my own podcast, which is called The Best of the Outdoors, which you can find on iTunes like you can Jason's podcast. Well, do you get any time to sleep? <laughs> I, I go pretty hardcore in this stuff man i just i love it i i love this industry so much i love the people that i meet and the people that i get to serve like you jason um you guys are an inspiration to me that's why i do this you know is just to uh that's why i do videos is is there's there's two videos that i have online and you can look up under um if you look up um how to how to shoot a crossbow or how to shoot a compound bow you'll most likely come across my videos that i shot in 2012 and i re-edited in 2014 and one of them has nearly 200,000 views and the other one has nearly uh, about 190,000 views and basically I teach in that video some of the things you don't want to do when you're shooting a compound bow, some of the things you don't want to do and do want to do when you're shooting a crossbow. And those videos touch a lot of kids and a lot of adults that are just getting into the outdoor industry or just getting into hunting and shooting and, and doing those kind of things with archery. Uh, it basically, you know, touches them to to understand how to do it the right way. And I never thought I'd have that kind of impact. You know, I never really thought I'd have that kind of reach, I guess, if you will. And so that kind of stuff just really makes me happy. Yeah, those are uh, those are great download numbers. And 
you enter you interview some great now your podcast focuses mainly on uh, items going around here in in texas correct and i was happened to listen to your latest episode here on the drive back from dallas this weekend and you interviewed just a neat guy from top shot yes and he writes for our magazine, Dustin Ellerman. He is the winner of Top Shot Season 3, which Top Shot doesn't uh, doesn't air anymore on the History Channel. It's moved on. Uh, it ran several seasons. And uh, he writes for our magazine, Dustin Ellerman does. And he also writes a column on our website at fishgame.com that you can check out. But we call him Top Shot Dustin. We have two Dustins in our magazine. <laughs> and so um, he is uh, he's just a great guy to, to interview. He's an easy one to interview. He's somebody I would recommend you'd have on your show too, Jason. And and um, and I just I love yeah I talk a lot about Texas but I also interview a lot of folks from even outside of Texas a couple of shows ago I had a guy off from Georgia that, that does predator hunting with air guns and I'm gonna get more into the outside part of Texas too but I mean I just cover it because it is the magazine's podcast they've kind of taken it over I kind of started it on my own and kind of incorporated it as part of Texas fishing game so I love it you know I love podcasting so just like you do <laughs> just the state of Texas has so many different environments and areas to hunt that doing a podcast just on texas is not an unreasonable or unheard of type sure endeavor so when we look at it now you have not always been a hunter have you correct i started hunting in my kind of early to mid 20s i went my first official deer hunt when with my dad up in oklahoma he lives east of oklahoma city about 45 minutes in a town called hara and uh, he is a uh, he's he's a lifelong hunter, but he hadn't hunted for a while until he had his own land in Oklahoma when he moved from Texas to Oklahoma in the late '90s. So I kind of got a hunt in with him in 2002 when he first bought his land, and I kind of caught the bug then. And I started, you know, doing my marketing thing and doing my, you know, uh, a riding thing around a hunting ranch that I met here in uh, Central Texas, which was DB Hunting Ranch. And that's how I kind of got my start in the industry. I started selling hunts for them. I built a website for them and I kind of put everything that I've learned into the hunting industry, you know, just kind of pressed it into service in the hunting industry. And that's kind of how I started to grow my own brand. And um, that's kind of how it all started is I, I just started, you know, offering my services to folks that needed them. I also started working with a bow fishing guide in 2011 called GarQuest Bow Fishing Adventures here in Texas, Central Texas. And Marty McIntyre has been on my show a couple of times. And I just, uh, I built his website and, and rebuilt it really and and, um, and just had a blast talking to him and learning what I can. And I just released a uh article that's going to appear in the march edition of texas fishing game magazine called carpe diem which is all about carp bow fishing gear <laughs> isn't that a funny name oh, wow. <laughs> and then i also releasing an article in march that is uh, that'll appear in the march issue of texas fishing game here in 2017 that is about off-season air gun hunting and it focuses on one of the hunts that i took at db hunting ranch this past um uh, December just last month um, with an air gun with an Air Force Texan air gun which is really cool too. Neat. Now that's how I met you is uh, through DB Hunting Ranch and some of the stuff that you posted on uh, Texas Hunting Forum and so you've been instrumental in, in helping me navigate some of this because I'm not from Texas so this has been a learning curve for me. <laughs> get my feet wet down here for the last it's different here it really is it is it really is different down here isn't yeah. it yeah so i you know to switch gears a little bit as, as you've done the hunting and as you've as you've built up your reputation one of the things you've done is got into being a publisher and uh you've gotten three books out that you mentioned earlier 
uh, tell the listeners a little bit about the books. Well, I've got three books that I published mainly between the years of 2013 and 2014, and it started with my love for starting with videography and starting an outdoor TV show, and I have a book called The Outdoor TV Show's Guide to the Industry, which I wrote in 2013, and it wasn't, you know, the how-to guide to do everything outdoors for the industry on how to start a TV show. It was my way of basically saying, if you're starting from scratch, here's how I would do it. And here's where I believe TV is going. As many of your guests, because I'll listen to your show very adamantly, Jason, many of your guests have said, you know, YouTube and a lot of the free streaming services, Roku and those kind of things are the way that TV is going these days. On demand, on your own time. Um, viewing is where that's why carbon TV and, and, and platforms like that are so popular these days and um, you know that's kind of the way I saw when I wrote the book I saw the vision of where things are going and they certainly are headed that way so I have that book I also took my marketing knowledge from uh, the outdoor industry and put that into work and that book is called the hunting ranch outfitter and guide services marketing handbook and uh, I put that together as a way to um, to basically, you know, help folks that are um, just getting started with their own hunting ranch or trying to improve their marketing with their hunting ranch outfitting or fishing guide business, and that led to a lot of new doors that I opened in the industry as well. And that was also a book I wrote almost concurrently with the outdoor TV shows guide to the industry. And then in 2014, I published another ebook called the Urban Bow Hunting: The Guide to Hunting Small Properties for Big Game that talks about my urban bow hunting experience, which I've got several videos on YouTube about. And um, that was just a blast putting that thing together because I shot my biggest archery buck on a urban land on an urban property um, out of uh, behind a lady's house, basically, uh, that ran against a creek bottom here in Round Rock uh, in Central Texas. And um, I just I just love to share that kind of stuff with the world. Those are available on Amazon through uh, the Amazon Kindle program. And then you can also get them off my website at DustinsProjects.com if you're interested in checking those out. Yeah, and I'll, I'll vouch out. The outdoor TV industry's guide to, or the outdoor TV show's guide to the industry. Sorry, I had a little dyslexia. That's <laughs> okay. I do too. That's a good book, and uh, I'll have links to this to your website and everything in the show notes. Sure. And uh, I encourage everybody make sure you know the rules about urban bow hunting and if it's allowed or not allowed. Right. Uh, because that can really get you in a little bit of trouble. Um, but I agree. I run in some of these neighborhoods in San Antonio where I live. You see some absolutely huge uh both does and bucks right and uh down here they're safe but in other areas not quite the case and i know you're just one of many that i've heard have said look if you can get into some of these urban areas to bow hunt uh you can absolutely just take some right deer. right and i was initially inspired by watching some tv shows of guys doing it and you know people's backyards that are just hunting deer and they had rights and permission and since 97 percent or whatever of, of texas is privately owned um, I just really got into, Hey, can I do this down here? And I got a connection through a family member to a property that, um, that allowed me to do that. I basically knocked on every door of the, of the, down the line of the folks that, that own property and basically got permission from a bunch of people. And that's how I got to hunt. And, um, like I said, my last, uh, urban harvest was in 2014 and that was with, uh, Mr. Big as I call him. And I've got him hanging on my wall behind me. And he was, uh, he's, he's a nice 120 class deer. I mean, best deer I've, I've taken, um, with the, with the, with the archery equipment. And, uh, he is a, he's just a monster buck that I shot there in, uh, in Brushy Creek and Round Rock. So I was really excited about that. 
Oh, interesting. Now, when we look at your portfolio on your on your DustinsProjects.com, uh -huh. the one that jumps right out at me is obviously DB Hunting Ranch. Right. And, uh, Danny Berry, the owner of the place, uh, he and his wife have a really neat facility. Uh, it's really changed since I started going there. Uh, he's added in. Now, I haven't been there since he put in uh, lodging, I guess he's got. Mm -hmm. Yes. He had kind of a bunkhouse before, but now he's got two cabins and they're actually remodeling that. And they're going to build a huge, you know, hunter's cabin um, on a different piece of property that they have that I actually hunt on right now, 20 acres that uh, butt up against the high fence. And uh, they're going to build a new hunter's lodge there. But right now they have two cabins that basically sleep five apiece and they have a big outdoor kitchen area, which is really neat. And, um, and then a skinning rack and, you know, those kind of places for you to take care of your stuff or they have, um, they've got their own processing. They have their own taxidermy. Now Danny's doing taxidermy and then Kelly's doing the processing. Uh, they have teams for each of those. And then they also have a live sale catch business where they catch and, and sell exotics and buy exotics and that kind of stuff. So they're pretty busy folks. He's hard. He's wanted to try to get on my podcast for a while, but he's hard to nail down. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a neat guy. And, uh, I, I tell you, I've hunted out there multiple times, uh, all thanks to Dustin exposing me to the place. Sure. And then Danny taking good care of me when I'm out there. And so it's uh, just a, it's not a, it's not a huge thousands of thousands of acre place, but it hunts like a big place. And especially for somebody like myself that's mobility challenged, you put me in a box blind and I stay in that blind. So I'm not out walking around anyway. So. Right. The place could be 50 acres or it could be 5,000. I'm still going to see the same little one acre in front of my blind that I'm at. Right. Right. How many acres can you hunt at one time? That's what Danny and I always say. Danny and I always say to each other. So, right. so if, you know, even with the size of it, I've lost game that I've shot on that place before. So right. it's uh, it hunts like a, a huge ranch. He's got animals in there that just... Uh, just you just never know what you're going to see and when that feeder goes off and yes down here in texas we do hunt over feeders and right. uh, that's just a, the way it's done and when that feeder goes off be prepared because you don't know what's going to come wandering in to see what's what's just gotten thrown on the ground so always a right. time and uh the hospitality there is fantastic so if anybody's looking to come from out of state you can fly into austin short drive north and a little bit west of austin and i don't think you'll be disappointed hunting that place no and it's basically a 300 acre area that has about 120 of them fenced off but the the cover is so dense there as you know jason um it's just so thick you know that it's it's hard to hunt more than just a few acres at a time because it is it is so densely uh populated with trees and and uh and brush and that kind of stuff but uh, all of my videos that i've done on the ranch that i've hunted on the ranch mainly hog hunts are on uh that website which is dbhunting.com and you can kind of check i mean it gets a lot of traffic that website does i built that website of several years ago or a few years ago now and uh that that uh the hunts that I've, I've gone on there, every time I've, I've come away with something, and it's been a quality video, I think, that I, with a crossbow or an air gun in the last case, um, or on uh, or with a rifle or whatever the case may be, whatever I'm hunting with. And um, and it's just a great place. I really love it. You know, that's my go-to place for hunting here in Texas, for sure. Yeah, it's a good just central, especially with your location, easy to get sure. to. Right. So now you've had great success. Do you hear a lot 
from those videos again i'm bouncing around here a little bit but it's that's fine it's just because as i as as i keep running across things that you and i talk about i try not to to write out interviews so it just makes me think of different things as we talk sure and you mentioned crossbows uh going back to the crossbow video that you did um have you had a lot of positive feedback from that um because with a hundred and some odd thousand views, you must have heard quite a bit of feedback on that thing. I get a lot of good feedback from it, really. I mean, most people are saying, yes, I'm doing it right. You know, the, in the interview that I just did with Dustin Ellerman not too long ago um, that I released on The Best of the Outdoors, we talked about there are a lot of Internet trolls that are out there that, you know, when you get that kind of exposure on a video, they're like, well, he didn't wrap the rope around his cocking device correctly on his crossbow. Or you have people that kind of nitpick things and, and say things about, you know, well, he didn't do that right. But, I mean, for the most part, the, the what's blowing me away is that the the resounding effort to the video has been good. And people have said, you know, this is, I just got a crossbow for Christmas for heaven's sakes. I just got a compound bow. I don't know where to start. So where did I go? They go to YouTube, right, Jason? Exactly. You know, they, they go, they go someplace where they trust the information that it's going to be good. And what they look for are lots of views because not all of my videos, I did a video on, um, how to properly shoot a handgun, how to properly shoot a, uh, a rifle, how to properly shoot a, a revolver, you know, a pistol, so on and so forth. And I got so few views on those, but my archery videos are just blowing up. I mean, anything I do on a review on any kind, I just uh, did the review on the um, Barnett Reverse Raptor, which is a crossbow that I really love. And uh, that one's getting way up there in the views now. And I mean, so those are just kind of things that, that I'm known for, I guess, on YouTube that people kind of have uh, responded to. And a lot of my hunt videos and that kind of stuff, I get a lot of views that are starting to kind of go viral now um, because of where I have them posted, like at dbhunting.com. And then I've got them posted on YouTube and, and just use the right keywords and they're getting some viral traffic, which is really cool. But I just love to teach. I love to educate. I love to inspire people to go out and do great things in the outdoors. That's why I do all this stuff. That's why I'm so heavily involved in it is just because I want to be an inspiration to those to just get out there and do what I'm doing or even better things, you know? Um, you know, helping guys like you with a podcast, that that just makes my day, man. You know, <laughs> I mean, I just love this stuff. Well, and you're doing it. And another thing you've been quite active in, and I, I watch quite a bit. I've not done it before, but is bow fishing. Uh-huh. And uh, you've gone quite a bit. And I can't remember, is there videos you have out there on bow fishing? I don't have videos of me shooting like with a GoPro, but I've produced, I want to say, close to at least 50 or 60 videos for GarQuest Boat Fishing Adventures. Marty McIntyre and Tim Jackson are the two uh, guides that, that head up GarQuest. Tim's up in North Texas, and he's a great one for Lake Granbury in that area um, to fish. And then Marty's here in Central Texas, and he fishes um, Lake Belton and uh lake um lake uh stillhouse hollow really regularly and you know i've taken their gopro videos because they know nothing about editing video and i do that's how i learned how to edit video was their footage and uh back in 2011 when i met marty he just said look i've got all these gopro videos i don't know what to do with them and i said well let me let me put something together so i put music with them and that kind of stuff and you can find those on my youtube channel uh, I've got a whole section for GarQuest videos and even a section of newer videos that I've done for Tim Jackson about a year ago. And they're all GoPro videos in Louisiana and Texas, all over different uh, t 
Texas lakes and Louisiana areas um, that basically go through and explore, you know, here's, here's some of the fish that you shoot. And we don't really talk a whole lot in those videos about what to do, but Marty has done some videos that are on my YouTube channel that I produced for him as well about how to set up a bow fishing bow and um because he's the expert in it not me and um and then um just some other videos i even have an interview for him he shot the world record i believe is largemouth buffalo um fish and um it was 82 pounds i believe out of lake toledo bend and that's in east texas and uh that is the, the from what i understand the state record and the world record for a largemouth buffalo and uh i was just blown away that i'm i think i'm speaking correctly and saying it was largemouth not a smallmouth buffalo but they're two different species i may be misspeaking there but um you know i just i was blown away at, at being able to connect with a guy that has that kind of uh, bow fishing chops as we call them you know yeah, <laughs> and I can get no out idea. there and do that i had no idea that something would get that big in those lakes <laughs> they eat a lot of stuff man you know um, about going swimming out there exactly and one of the things that marty and i've done recently is recent as september october november uh, lake austin has opened up the lake here in the austin area to uh to fishing for grass carp and grass carp and i even wrote an article that kind of went semi-viral at fishgame.com about the the story basically and and um you know goes going around and finding them up in the shallows and the creeks and the flats and just areas where they kind of uh, hang out and um you know going up in there with a the fish that has not been pressured at all and being able to shoot a, you know shoot at fish like that i mean it was a blast i mean i i had many good nights out on lake austin like that are the grass carp an invasive species yes they are i mean they they were put in by lake austin for interest you know just for just as an interesting fact they were put in lake austin to clean out the hydrilla the problem is they weren't supposed to multiply and they were supposed to be triploid, meaning they weren't supposed to, they were supposed to be sterile. Well, they multiplied, I believe. And they ended up eating all the grass <laughs> and all the hydrilla and all the, you know, aquatic uh, vegetation, whether it was invasive or, or non-invasive uh, native um, species of grass. And they, they just, they, they don't have anything to eat now. They're asking fishermen and bow fishermen to take them out of the lake and remove them and, and, and help with the overpopulation problem, which bow fishing does a lot. I mean, it's a very good, you know, sport because it's fun. It, it's incorporates archery it incorporates fishing and incorporates bow hunting all together in one one sport if you've never tried it i would go hire a guide like marty and and go try it in your area for sure yeah it's definitely something that i've wanted to try and i've had several offers before and just never been able to get out to do it uh so it's on my list of things to do well and they do make crossbows you know that are that are bow fishing that are light poundage where they're not going to drive that arrow into the sea into the lake floor that you can't get it back out that's something for folks that are um you know that they can't pull back a bow but you know the biggest poundage you're going to be pulling back jason in your case because i know you hunt with the crossbow a lot it's going to be you know on a compound bow maybe 45 pounds is the max that you should pull back so relatively light draw weights in bow fishing yeah that i've i've been practiced a couple times with and i think i think i was pulling one back that was 35 pounds or so and yes that's that's was, good it was plenty easy enough to do uh, it's just a matter of practicing enough with it so i can actually hit something now what
what's next for you? Um, I'm just I'm living the dream. I mean, I love this stuff. I I started working full time with Texas Fishing Game about a year ago. I'm just I'm just loving this stuff. I've I've got I go to the shot show here in a, about a week uh, from yesterday. I'll leave for the shot show. Then we'll go to the NRA show in April. So the shot show's here in January. The NRA show's in April, and then we do the ICAST show in uh, the summer in July. I also work that I'm going to probably have to miss this year again. A Christian bereavement camp that I work with called Camp Agape, and uh, their website is CampAgapeTexas.com. I also manage that website, and I'm getting ready to do a registration link for a um, clay shoot that they're going to be doing. And so I, I am involved with that. I'm also involved with Hill Country Bow Hunters, which is a, a local uh, 3D archery club, and I'm we're going to be starting up a season with them doing 3D archery. I've got some videos on my YouTube channel about archery and the importance of 3D archery for hunting, uh, bow hunting, and, and that kind of stuff. So uh, I've got some more videos planned. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm living the dream. I love this stuff. I really do. Well, fantastic. So any big uh, hunts planned for yourself? I did really well this deer season. I harvested uh, two does and a, a spike buck. I haven't killed anything really trophy lately. I almost want to go on a on a black buck hunt one of these days soon and and maybe a uh, another red stag hunt. I've got a red stag hanging on my wall that most people would consider a management stag. His horns are real tight and high instead of, you know, wide and out. Kind of a management deer I took back in 2010. So kind of got a dream to go back and hunt one of those again here in Central Texas because we have all the game, you know, you could possibly imagine, you know, in our high fences here. But it's still a challenging hunt uh, in a lot of cases. You just don't have to travel very far to do it. So I definitely am an advocate for that. Yeah, that's the key. And one of the things I'm glad you mentioned your your deer that you took this year. Uh, tell the listeners how you took them. Are you, do you mean what kind of a caliber of gun I used, or what exactly. do you think? Because most people okay. don't think that's uh, adequate, and I I beg to differ many times. Right. So I I wanted you know they've not made air guns legal here in Texas yet. There's legislation on the books to basically help with that uh, in the future. But that 45 caliber Air Force Texan that I shoot that hog with that I've got up on my website and on uh, Danny's website at dbhunting.com on the DB Hunting Ranch website. Uh, I, that that pig dropped like it was a ton of bricks. I mean, I took a neck shot that air gun, and uh, that's a more than adequate hunting weapon. It shoots a 45 caliber, 325 grain slug at about 900 to 1,000 feet per second, which is just great. And uh, that's what you want in a hunting weapon. But I took the deer that I harvested this year with an AR-15 from Olympic Arms and 223. All those, for the most part, were neck shots. There's two that I didn't get on video because I forgot to hit the record button, Jason. That sounds familiar. <laughs> I was just sitting there kicking myself on the tail, but one I actually shot in the neck, or shot uh, aimed for the neck, and I missed. He came back, and I shot in the shoulder. And the part of the deal is is the is the ammunition that you use, and the other part of the deal is your shot placement. It's got to be dead on when you're hunting with the light caliber like that. But our deer here in Texas are pretty small, especially in the hill country, so they're not 200 pound doe. They're 90 pound deer, if if even that. So that's one consideration with hunting with a 223. But basically, you know, an AR-15 is not an evil assault rifle, as I talked about on my last podcast. You know, it is a very capable hunting weapon and if you choose the right ammunition like in this case i know you're a big fan of hornady i use hornady 60 grain spire points that were custom hand loads and that they performed flawlessly for me even on the shoulder shot on the spike that i took he, he dropped like he ran maybe 20 yards and fell over and my father-in-law slapped me on the knee and when i made that shot and he saw the deer run away he was like that was a bad shot and i said no it wasn't i said you just you just just wait you know so we went and found him maybe 10 minutes later uh, after we gave about a 30 minute waiting time you know it's it they're they're great guns to hunt with they're not just for recreation
recreational use. And I, I really think the AR-15 is a great platform for hunting. And there's so many calibers you can get it in as well. Yeah, it, it ranges. Uh, what When you have the AR-10, you can have it in a 308. Sure. And so there's just a number of different options. But I, oh, I was just that you took them with the 223. Um, now, I don't recommend everybody taking neck shots because that is a bit more of a challenging shot. Yes, it is. But if you're comfortable with that caliber, you're comfortable with your gun, and you are not shooting at uh, 100 yards, then by all means, a, a neck shot is a very doable thing. Right. And these were all 100 yard shots, really. But I mean, I just, I'm not saying I'm that good. I'm just saying I've got a lot of practice with marksmanship and just, I train year round. I go to the gun range, you know, I do those kind of things. I put the work in rather you know to make that work but the other thing i was going to say is something like olympic arms they have a 300 ossn which is maybe a caliber you may not be familiar with but it runs in an ar-15 platform and their umar platform which is the ultra magnum um or old yeah umar ultra magnum ar-15 platform which is like the size of an ar-15 but it can shoot a 22250 a 25 wssm or a 300 ossm and the 300 ossm is like shooting a 30 odd six bullet out out of a it's a super short cartridge it's a real short fat uh, cartridge but it's like shooting a um a 30-06 out of an ar-15 i mean it's great i mean the innovations of this time are just amazing what we can do with guns these days yeah they're able to really and i even heard dustin on your podcast mention it's the other dustin from the winner of top shot mentioned that somebody had made a muzzle loader for mount <laughs> 15 uh, and i thought that was pretty pretty wild <laughs> so much for making this an evil black rifle but i don't i looked at cmmg's website after that interview and i don't think they make it anymore but they were making it to prove a point that you know and and in the sling had the the ramrod and everything that you use in a muzzle loader and i just thought it was a cool idea you know yeah. so muzzle loading ar-15 <laughs> people show up with that it's a, a definitely a funny um, <laughs> absolutely well this is fantastic so, you know, as you go through your videos, um, you've just got tons of them out there. Um, so I encourage people to go to Dustin'sProjects.com, click on the tab for videos. Uh, he's got them from Mac and Prowler. He's got them on bullets. There's also an interesting gun you used a number of years ago. I don't know if you've done anything recently with it, but you're Moisin? Yes, Moisin again. Uh, the Russian World War II uh, area, you know, World War II era um, gun. And basically, I used that as far as I me mean, last year. I took all of my deer with the Mosin Nagant. A lot of them were neck shots at 100 yards in the case with the 203 grain bullet from Russia. Silver Bear and Brown Bear, the rifle brands that I use, they're both foreign brands. I believe they're made in Serbia, so not quite Russia. But they're basically, uh, it's a gun that's on par with a uh, .30-06 or a 308. And they're basically a really fine gun to use to hunt with because you don't have to go buy a, buy a new gun. You can buy something that's that's got history in it and actually outfit it with the scope and a bent bolt and those kind of things too and i've got two guns that i've got in that configuration and i'm getting ready to get a finish m39 mosey nagant uh from finland uh from a friend of mine that i bought the other two from originally but uh, without doing any major drilling or tapping or anything you can outfit one with a scope mount and a scope and rings and a bent bolt for under 200 bucks the guns themselves cost under 200 so you've got a 400 hunting weapon basically you know you got to add a scope on top of that but i mean 
you can get a scope from any kind of, of uh, scope manufacturer you want. I love hunting with a historical gun like that that probably sort of served in World War II, you know, at some capacity, and, and I'm taking deer in Texas with it. I just It's just something nobody else really does a lot on YouTube and places like that, and I just wanted to prove that it could be done, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, That's well, kind of my thing. And it's a great way if you some of these hunting rifles can be very very expensive and so this is a great way to show that look these these older weapons are readily available get them yes heck you can get them at pawn shops you can get them at at gun dealers you can get them all over the place uh they're all over because there was just so many of them made which with that said there's a lot of ammo available for them so right something where you're gonna be having to get some squirrely expensive ammo exactly available and as the import numbers came into the united states with the mosin nagant and the 762 by 54 ren the ammunition is very readily available in silver bear and brown bear and that's a 203 grain bullet i mean that's a heck of a pill going down range you know to to take an animal but that is a gun that you can use anywhere in north america jason you know on any kind of animal because and, and it's a 70 year old war rifle you know <laughs> i just love it i just think that's fantastic <laughs> about and uh i would be remiss if i did touch on a topic as we're talking uh as a man of faith you were involved in a number of different charities yes uh, one of them is what you mentioned earlier which is the camp agave agape uh but you're also in the crosswater outfitters fishing ministry. yes um, i'm glad you mentioned that <laughs> bring both of those up and and give the listeners a little bit more about them if you would and i'll also have contact information in the in the show notes but i'd, I'd appreciate because i've heard you talk about crosswater before and it's a it's a great charity. Yeah, it's a great ministry. We basically are a men's fishing ministry that that fish the lakes of um, of Central Texas and East Texas. And Crosswater is that the Crosswater name came from we're we are crossing many waters and we cross many waters to fish, but we also represent the cross of Jesus Christ. And um, you know that's important. Without those guys, I don't know where I'd be. They've been a source of strength for me and um, just just uh, empowered me in so many different ways and encouraged. Me in so many different ways to do what I do in the outdoors. Uh, and they're always behind me every step of the way. And we do about five events a year, some of them for friends and neighbors that, you know, that other people can be invited on basically that aren't soldiers. But our main focus is soldier events and bridges ministry. And bridges ministry is a college event that basically um, that uh, that kids from all kinds of different faiths come to and learn about Jesus and learn about God and learn about the Christian faith. And we've done a couple of those now on Lake Buchanan here in Central Texas. Texas and the Highland Lakes, and then we've also done um, some events in Lake Conroe for friends and neighbors events, and then we have another event coming up this weekend that I'm not going to be able to go to because of the shot show. But it's a great Christian ministry. It's a great place to donate to if you're if you're into donating to charities, um, you know, and become a supporter because we we really do a good job of of representing God's love and uh, and empowering men and soldiers, especially in the military and their families to to uh, to follow Jesus. And um, that's a very powerful thing for me, and it's a great thing to be involved in. I started with them when I met Marty, actually. Marty introduced me to them. So it's all a kind of a God thing that all this stuff happened <laughs> in my life is because I was introduced by this person who was introduced by this person and so on and so forth. Um, and then Camp Agape, I got involved to, involved in through my father-in-law. He um, basically brought me to a Camp Agape event in 2012 was my first event I served at. And that's a bereavement camp for kids, which is a Christian camp that is hosted at a camp center of like Camp Buckner or um, Glen Lakes Camp or, you know, a place that is a camping center that we basically have the camp held at. 
and um, we basically do a um, uh, through the grief stages. We go through all kinds of di- the different um, stages of grief. We go through all kinds of different um, situations of of how to overcome grief and how Jesus overcame you know death and so on and so forth and heaven and and just talk about the great things of life. Uh, with kids that are about seven to twelve years old who has lost lo- who have lost loved ones, and that could be grandparents, that could be parents, that could be brothers and sisters, it could be from suicide, it could be from cancer, it could be a, just a number of different things from kids that are twelve, seven to twelve, and um, it's a great ministry to be a part in and also donate to because. Um, you know, I didn't have anything like that when I lost my grandfather when I was five years old, you know, and I would just would have loved something like that. And these kids get so much out of it. There's so many activities that we do and so many different things that we do that, that help the camp, um, you know, that the, the camp helps the kids deal with grief and, and, and understand that there's life after this life and that this is not the end. And that's the main Christian message. Well, what a couple of fantastic ministries to be involved in. And, and it was the best way I could figure out to uh, end this and kind of wrap it all up is what it's all about. Sure. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? I'm pretty easy to get in touch with. I mean, I, I'm, I'm easy to find on the internet. Dustinsprojects.com. If you email me through that website, you can even call me and my phone number is on the contact us page. Um, you can email me that way. Uh, I'd be happy to talk to anybody, especially anybody that's starting a YouTube channel or starting a podcast or, you know, like Jason was there for a while, you know, and uh, just starting out in the industry, I specialize kind of in helping people with getting their start in um in in things i'm helping a guy right now that's a sponsored shooter for air force air guns grow his youtube audience right now so that's one of the projects i'm involved in and um i just love this industry i love this industry more than any other industry i've ever you know encountered and i love the people in it um you know the people are what make the industry and uh i just i love to give i love to serve and um you know i'm easy to get a hold of if you want to reach me well fantastic and i'll have all of your contact information in the show notes and uh Justin, again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate what you've done to keep me on the right track, <laughs> my, my website, and to keep me pushing forward on this. Uh, as always, it's been a pleasure, and I look forward to uh, your next podcast coming out and your videos, and, and I, I watch them all, so it's, again, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> oh, thanks so much, Jason, and and guys like you just really make it all worth it because you all appreciate it, and uh, you know, you're trying to do your own thing, and uh, I just really, I love you guys back, you know. I just really do. And I just want to thank you so much for having me on the show today. My pleasure. And uh, again, everybody hit up the show notes. I can't tell you enough. It doesn't matter if you're in Texas, Wyoming, Oregon, Maine, wherever. Dustin will help get you set up, get you straightened out, get your uh, videos going, get your website up and running. Just hit him up with this, with this small world that we live in now via the internet. You know, he'll take good care of you. And He's just got a large sampling of websites that you can view that he's done. So if you can't find it in there, you, you, got, a, you got a problem. You really need to. <laughs> Thank you for your time. And uh, Thank you. enjoy it as it warms up again here in Texas. That cold spell uh, took all us down. I apologize for the coughing. And, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, uh, we look forward to hearing more from you in the future. All right. Thanks so much, Jason. Take care. Spring, it's getting green. Fisher on the bed, and hear those turkeys gobble. 
ringing in my head. The winter rides fast, but here comes another year. Yeah, we command the outdoors round here. Oh, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Come summertime, we're feeling fine, fishing on the lake. Flipping jigs in Carolina rigs From early morning till real late Bonfires on the creek bank Kick back a couple beers Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we command the outdoors Yeah, we command the outdoors. Next year's doves until you know winter's on the way. Brushing blinds and deer stands. The fever starts to creep. Fill our freezers full of ducks, lots of tender deer. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. So grab your guns, shells, boys. Put on your camouflage Cause we command the outdoors round here We command the outdoors